When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Pittsburgh Steelers have one of their highest drafted and most athletic inside linebacker groups they've ever had. The question remains, how good are Devin Bush and Miles Jack, and how good can they be together? I'm your host, Jeffrey Benedict. Welcome to the cutting room floor. The inside linebacker position for the Steelers is not quite as decorated as the outside linebackers, but going back to the days of Chuck Knoll, Jack Lambert, Jack Ham, Andy Russell, you go into the Bill Cower era with LeVon Kirkland, you've got James Ferrier. The Steelers drafted Devin Bush to be a Jack Ham, to be a Jack Lambert, to be an athletic guy who can cover and run and get to the ball and tackle people. In his first season, he was that guy. Scored tons of tackles, led the team in tackles as a rookie, made plays, had interceptions, fumble recoveries. He clearly had growing pains. He clearly had things he wasn't good at, but his speed, his awareness, his ability to get to the ball quickly and make plays was all over the film. In 2020, Devin Bush started the season. His stats weren't quite as good. He wasn't recording as many tackles. And he was on film and on statistics getting beat in the passing game a decent bit. And then he was injured. He came back in 2021 and was not the same player at all. The question of who Devin Bush is, who is he going to be in 2022, we have to look at who he was before he got hurt and after he got hurt. And I want to I look real quickly. I want to talk about 2020 Devin Bush because... If you look through 2019, Devin Bush started as a linebacker who didn't know how to cover. He really didn't know what he was doing. There was a lot of problems. He, it was you know, the kind of coverage that if you're athletic enough, if you're talented enough, you can get away, away with this in college. 
right? This is the kind of coverage you can get away with in college. You're not going to face that many great athletes. You're not going to face them every week. Uh, There's a lot of stuff you can get away with, and your team's going to cover for you and let you do what you do best. Devin Bush grew as a coverage linebacker almost every game. 2019, I was I was doing film rooms, and I'm, I'm a Michigan fan. I'm a huge Devin Bush fan. Uh, at the time, I was, I was very interested to see his growth. And so I was focusing on him, and I was watching the weaknesses he showed each game and how the next game he would find a way to cover for whatever weakness the other team had exploited the previous week. He did this every week in coverage. He was frequently targeted. I mean, you, you go you look at the targets uh, by, by defensive player. Before his interception in that Baltimore game where they threw the tight end and he basically just took it out of the tight end's hands, before that interception, he was targeted so much more than he was afterwards as teams started to realize this is not a guy we can just pick on anymore, which he was the first couple of games. He was the guy you picked on. That's where you attacked the Steelers' defense in early 2019. Once Minka Fitzpatrick came on board and you couldn't just throw deep on, you know, whoever, whoever, whatever backup they had playing free safety. Um, This team defense improved so much with Minka Fitzpatrick, but also with Devin Bush. There's... There's so many factors that go into that defense turning around from what we saw in 2018. The end of 2017 after Ryan Shazier was hurt, 2018, and then what we saw them turn into in 2019 and 2020 was incredible. In 2020, the best way I can can explain Devin Bush's impact on the team is not by his own stats, but by the stats of Vince Williams and Mike Hilton. Through the first Five weeks of the 2020 season, when Devin Bush was playing, Mike Hilton and Vince Williams combined for five sacks, eight quarterback hits, and 15 tackles for loss. That's two players who averaged a sack a game. Eight quarterback hits over five games, which is one and a half, and averaged three tackles for loss a game. A sack and three tackles for a loss per game played between those two players while Devin Bush was playing. From week six onwards, they combined for a total of one quarterback sack. That sack was their only quarterback hit, and they recorded seven tackles for a loss the entire rest of the season. From three a game to under one a game, Tackles for losses. From a sack a game to a sack the entire rest of the season. That's the difference. The biggest way I can point out the difference Devin Bush made, and I'll tell you why. Because Devin Bush, in early 2020, was a coverage specialist. He was being used by the Steelers to cover all kinds of ground as a middle linebacker in coverage. That meant Vince Williams wasn't in deep, wasn't in coverage. That meant Mike Hilton was able to be far more aggressive than he would later in the season. 
Devin Bush allowed that because of the amount of ground he could cover. Did he get beat? Yeah. Part of the reason he got beat is because the Steelers were putting him in some of the toughest assignments. Consistently. Putting him in the worst situations. And saying, make it work. So these guys can go make plays. And the guys were making plays. Vince Williams and Mike Hilton were making plays. 15 tackles for loss in in five games is, is no joke. Five sacks, 15 tackles for a loss over five games. That's incredible. Those are fantastic numbers to add on to a team where, you know, the major pass rush is coming from the front line, from Stephon Tuitt and Cam Hayward, TJ Watt, Bud Dupree. You had Mike Hilton and Vince Williams wreaking havoc. When Devin Bush went down, week six, Vince Williams got a sack. That's it. That's the only sack they got. From week seven on, Vince Williams and Mike Hilton combined to never hit a quarterback. They never hit another quarterback that entire season after week six. They got one in week six, the week after Devin Bush was out. The week first week Devin Bush was out, and never again in that season. Mike Hilton would not record another sack as a Pittsburgh Steeler. Devin Bush came back from injury. He was clearly not the same player. His mobility was not the same. His confidence was not there. You could tell he looked passive. He looked like a player who came back too early from injury. We will see if he can get back to that form. But in 2020, Devin Bush was a player the Steelers viewed very highly. Internally, in their in how they built their scheme. And they built their scheme to put that assignment on him, and they exploited it. And it was highly successful. Again, Vince Williams and Mike Hilton did what they did because of what Devin Bush was able to do. And that's success. The scheme worked with Devin Bush in that role. Can he get back there? That is a big question. Year two being back from injury, he should be better. Uh, he looked he looked like he was getting better before his injury early in the in 2021. He was looking a little bit faster, a little more confident, and then he got an injury and just the rest of the season. It took till the end of the season before he looked even decent at linebacker. The other linebacker the Steelers have is Miles Jack, who, if you look at their peaks. Miles Jack is significantly better than Devin Bush simply because Devin Bush was trending towards more Miles Jack, towards being the player that Miles Jack had already become, right? Miles Jack had the time, he had the health, he was there. He was that guy. Devin Bush was looking like he might get there. Miles Jack was an absolute monster when the Jacksonville Jaguars had a good defensive line in front of them, when they had good cornerbacks, when they had other pieces and the rest of the defense was good, Miles Jack was an absolute monster. As that defense was stripped of other talent, Miles Jack looked less and less good. But that's understandable. How good do linebackers look when the defensive line in front of them is terrible and offensive linemen are blocking them? Not many linebackers look good. 
in those circumstances. You've got to keep your linebackers clean. How many linebackers look good when they're on really tough matchups all the time simply because other people can't cover on their defense? They don't look good. Miles Jack is not too old. He's still in his prime. Not in the early stages of his prime years, but he's still in his prime years. He still has his athleticism. And there's a chance that we will see a Miles Jack much closer to the Pro Bowl and All-Pro level player that he was. Simply because he won't be asked to do way too much, and he will have other talent around him. If the Steelers' defensive line is good enough this year, if they're up to snuff, then Miles Jack is going to be a lot better. If the coverage around him and the, the you know safeties hold up and everything looks like it did kind of last year for most of the season, Miles Jack's going to be a really good player for this team, and he's going to be a really good upgrade from what the Steelers had for most of 2020. The question is, can Devin Bush get back to form? Can Miles Jack, in a new setting, recapture the elite level of play he had and not just be really good, but be elite as a linebacker? And the third question is, how can they play together? Because Steeler fans are used to a Mac and a Buck. Even as the Steelers said, we don't really use those. There's not really a Mac or a Buck. It changes based on the defense. You've just got to be able to play both in order to be a linebacker for the Steelers. Yeah, we heard all that, but I don't think any of us bought it. Right? It sounds good in a news clip, but in reality, no. They've had a Mac and a Buck. As long as Vince, every time Vince Williams has stepped on the field, they've had a Mac and a Buck. Because Vince Williams, you know, Vince, Vince Williams wasn't the Mac. Last year, they had Joe Schobert and Devin Bush. They tried to blur those lines a little more. Joe Schobert's not really a Mac. He's not really a Buck. He showed that. And with Devin Bush not being able to be Devin Bush, Joe Schobert wasn't up to covering for what Devin Bush couldn't do. He wasn't that player. Joe Schobert is a guy that if you give him a pretty basic assignment, he's going to give you really good football. You start giving him a harder assignment, that level's going to go down quick. He is really fundamentally sound. He's going to be good for you if you keep his assignments simple and his responsibilities limited. Miles Jack is going to be a huge upgrade. Huge upgrade on Joe Schobert. Can Devin Bush be an upgrade on Devin Bush? Can 2022 Devin Bush be an upgrade on 2021 Devin Bush? And can Miles Jack and Devin Bush play that fluid Buck-Mac combo position where either of them can be the Buck, either of them can be the Mac? That's the idea here. The Steelers may not have been able to field two linebackers that could both play the Mac and the Buck in previous seasons, but they've wanted to. This year, they've got two guys who have been Mac linebackers. They've been that kind of an inside linebacker. The Mac linebacker is your guy you want to keep clean. He's your coverage guy. He's your speed guy to the outside. He's the one racking up the tackles while the, the buck was more the dirty work guy. Well, Mac, Miles Jack, not Mac, Miles Jack, 
can do that. He is more of a Mac linebacker, but he can do the buck stuff. He can take on blockers. He can do all that work. He's not as productive when he does it. He's not going to make the splash plays, but he can do it. He's had to do it before. Devin Bush in college, his last season in college, one of the reasons people wondered if he might fall. Welcome back, Steeler fans. I'm your host, Jeffrey Benedict. You're listening to The Cutting Room Floor. The Cutting Room Floor is brought to you, as always, by the Behind the Steel Curtain family of podcasts and BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. This offseason, make sure you're stopping by BehindTheSteelCurtain.com and following all of of the podcasts on our family of podcasts to get you keep up to date, get your latest Steelers news, the takes, everything you want, all the coverage you need, we've got it. We're going to, training camp is back in Latrobe this year and we're going to have people there. I, I know KT Smith is going. I am I am working my calendar to try and get there. Uh, but you're going to be hearing all, you're hearing updates on all of that right here, uh, behindthesteelcurtain.com and behind the Steel Curtain family of podcasts. First half of our show today, we talked about Miles Jack and Devin Bush and how they can fit together, how they can work together. What's, you know, can Devin Bush be that guy again? Who is Miles Jack? We talked about all of that. I want to start the second half of the show with the guy who has been a part time starter the last couple of seasons, Robert Spillane. Robert Spillane started his Steelers career as. A practice squad nobody. Really, he was a practice squad nobody. And then the second half of the season, 2019, Robert Spillane. Spillane starts getting chances to play on special teams. He played half the season. uh, And he, during that time, led the Steelers in special teams tackles. The Steelers then let Tyler Matakevich leave the team. He had he was the guy who actually led the Steelers in tackles uh, and basically moved Robert Spillane into Tyler Matakevich's role on special teams and on the linebacker depth chart. Then 2020 happens. Devin Bush is out. Guys are getting injured. Robert Spillane gets put into prime spots, prime real estate on the defense, and he plays well. The Robert Spillane story is a great one because this is this is a guy who was a nobody. He was no one. And with hard work, you know, fitting the system, fitting the coaching, doing what they wanted him to do, he has moved himself into a position where he is a legit number three inside linebacker. He's not the guy you want starting, but he's a guy you can live with starting. I would put Robert Spillane only a tiniest bit behind a Joe Schobert. 
And in fact, many of the games, I thought Robert Spillane was the better player between him and Joe Schobert. Robert Spillane's best attribute is his, what's normally called a green dog blitz. The Steelers do a variation of that called hug blitzing, where you want to start your linebackers right up on the line of scrimmage. And the linebacker is in man coverage, say on a running back. You are going to be right up on the line of scrimmage with your primary purpose to play the run, to stop him in the run. Your secondary goal, if it's not a run play, is to rush the passer. Hug blitzing takes, uh, the green dog blitz style, hug blitzing takes it a little differently and the Steelers are more aggressive with it. As you are rushing the passer, if you see your running back... As you're setting up, I should say, to rush the passer, you're coming forward, you're getting in position, you're watching that running back because that running back is heading out to be a receiver. You've got to get over there to your running back. If, however, the running back is staying in to block, you blitz the quarterback. A hug blitz simply, and the way the Steelers do it and they call it a hug blitz, is it's more focused on the blitzing. It's, a, it's the same role as, say, a green dog uh, coverage where you're in man on the line, on the running back, but if the running back stays in the block, you turn into a rusher. The hug blitz just puts you closer to the line of scrimmage, already moving forward as you're making that decision. It asks you to make that decision very quickly, have a lot of awareness, because you are basically rushing the quarterback as you're finding out if you're going to rush the quarterback. This is basically how it works. You're you're rushing up there, which is a benefit in run defense. It's a benefit in pass rush, and it puts uh, the linebacker in a tough spot if that running back is bailing out, which I love because it incentivizes the offense to get that running back out of there and not have him be a blocker, which is what the Steelers want anyways. Like that's that's what the Steelers want to see. The Steelers want you to not leave extra players in there. They want your five linemen versus our five pass rushers. Because that means TJ Watt is one on one. That means Cam Hayward is one on one. In the past, that's meant Stefan Tuitt is one on one. And you're not going to win all three of those. You're just not doing it. So he was great in that role. Um that allowed him to be a better run defender and his coverage is good enough as long as he's on running backs who aren't your higher tier of receiving running backs, right? Robert Spillane is going to do a great job covering Derrick Henry on a route. He's going to have that locked down, right? Uh, little flat passes, stuff like that. He's got that covered. He can cover that. If you've got a running back who can line up in the slot and actually run a route, that's where Robert Spillane is going to start having problems. That's where he's going to start having problems. In zone, he's okay. Uh, in other roles, he, he's all right. Taking on blockers, not his best ability, but he's not terrible at it. He's a very solid number three, and he fits really well in nickel scheme. When the other team likes to go single back, likes to go eleven personnel with three wide receivers and a tight end and a running back, and throw a lot and run a lot too. When they, they when, if they're like a balanced offense out of eleven personnel, Robert Spillane's actually really good there. Behind Robert Spillane, and of course the starters, Devin Bush and Miles Jack, the Steelers have a couple of names that are interesting. And the first one I want to start with 
is Jannard Avery. Jannard Avery is expected to play outside linebacker. He was kind of signed to be an outside linebacker, but he is also kind of an inside linebacker. And when you look at stuff that Brian Flores has done in the past, he uses guys that kind of are, are that mold between an edge rusher and an inside linebacker. He uses them well. Uh, a guy like Kyle Van Noy is called to mind for me. Uh, he obviously was a high-end version of that kind of player. Kind of an inside, kind of an outside. Jannard Avery's best season was his rookie season in Cleveland where he was the strong side linebacker in a 4-3 defense. Played really well. He then was moved to edge rusher where he hasn't been stellar. And, in fact, Philadelphia was looking at moving him back to outside linebacker uh, when they signed some different players and ended up seeing him as expendable. The Steelers, I think, will use him in a variety of places, in a variety of usages, and he will get some snaps playing like an inside linebacker. I don't know how that affects their usage of other people. I don't know if he could move into more of a you know, when they need a buck linebacker, he's that guy, but he definitely can be that guy. Uh, Jannard Avery's film reminds me a lot of Vince Williams, a lot of Vince Williams. So Jannard Avery has to play into any talk about the inside linebackers because he could be a guy who moves inside and outside. There's a lot, there's a lot of things Brian Flores does that we'll have to see if he does them in Pittsburgh. Right? There's a lot of things that we're going to be figuring out as we go with how the Steelers plan to use their, their front seven. Two other players we need to discuss, Buddy Johnson and Mark Robinson. Buddy Johnson has been on the Steelers a couple of years now. He hasn't really played much, and when he has played, he's looked a little behind the, the, the play. Uh, he doesn't have the quickest reaction time. To the play, he doesn't get himself to the right spots quickly. He is an athlete. He has got great size, looks the part. The question is, can he put it together? We'll see what he can do. Uh, but Buddy Johnson is obviously someone we need to talk about in this because he's been here a couple of seasons. They did draft him. He he could be looking for a move up in into the roster. Another option the Steelers have Mark Robinson. Uh, seventh round pick for the Steelers. He's a running back turned linebacker. In college, his running back experience and his instincts showed up well in run defense, but also when he was blitzing, he did a good job of finding gaps in the line the same way a running back would, working his way through creases. Uh, One of the things I always like in a running back is when they run off an offensive lineman's hip. Whereas, that's to say, like, they don't need a lot of space, right? If, if you got an offensive lineman blocking a defensive tackle and the running back can just scoot right off of the lineman's hip, right? Almost crashing into them, but just, just fitting through those tight spaces. That's a player who's going to be able to find holes that other people wouldn't. Mark Robinson shows that as a blitzer. He shows that understanding when he's trying to get through the line. He will run right off of the hips of a defensive or offensive lineman. 
right off of it and get get in there quickly, take great angles, and and really showed some ability to blow up run plays because of that. Mark Robinson, the athletic profile, the skill set, where his strengths lie, he could be another Robert Spillane. He could be that kind of player. He showed no understanding of coverage, man coverage. He doesn't have the technique down. Zone, he looked like he was out there thinking instead of just reacting and getting to the ball quickly. He is a player that if he can get his if he can get his coverage improved, he's got potential. Like I said, to be, I think, a Robert Spillane type player who will have some run defense strength, who will show who will have uh, some blitzing ability. And if he can be a good coverage guy, that that would be a Robert Spillane type player. That kind of upside. Uh, people might not be like, oh, that's, that's impressive. You know, he, he could be a backup. If he if things really go well for him, he could be a backup inside linebacker. Why are we talking about this guy? Well, Robert Spillane was picked off another roster. No big deal. Basically, you know, you, you acquired him for the cost of his contract. Mark Robinson, seventh round pick. It's about as cheap as it gets. If you can turn a guy like that, that you paid that little to acquire, and you help them become a number three, number four, you know, option on your team that actually brings value. Like when people get hurt, Robert Spillane is not hurting the Steelers going in for other people. Like that's a guy you want sitting there on special teams doing his thing, coming in on defense and being solid when he needs to. That's a great next man up situation. That's value. When you can get that kind of value for cheap, it's a benefit to your whole team. When we look at these backups, obviously Miles Jack and Devin Bush are the favorites to start. You've got Jannard Avery who can do some inside linebacker things and may, depending on what Brian Flores wants him to do. Your number one backup linebacker, inside linebacker, is Robert Spillane. He's solid. For that job, he's he's actually really solid. He can play. He's a good, balanced player. He can be a Mac. He can be a Buck. He's not going to be great at either one, but he can step in and play. Behind that, we really need to see someone step up. I would love to see a legit number four linebacker. I'd love to see a young guy with some promise. I'd like to see a Mark Robinson, a Buddy Johnson, step up and be that player. And they're going to have some push. There's there's some other linebackers on this team that are going to get chances. There's guys like Ulysses Gilbert III still hanging around, still playing special teams, still you know, trying to be something. There's Marcus Allen, you know, Miles Killebrew in that in that hybrid safety linebacker role. There are a lot of options. For the Steelers, there's a lot of competition. And guys like a Buddy Johnson and a Mark Robinson are going to have to step up and take that spot. It's not just going to be coasted to them. But at the same time, that number four spot is wide open. Any any one of these guys could be that number four inside linebacker. 
And that's going to be something interesting to watch as we head into the training camp and into preseason to see who shows up, who is who is on the right direction. Their trajectory is their needles pointing up, as Mike Tomlin might say. That's going to be a key thing for the Steelers because as we've seen the last couple of years, we go through four or five linebackers. At times, two guys, three guys are down. That's going to happen again. Even if Miles Jack stays healthy, you know, Robert Spillane could miss a game. Devin Bush could miss a game. And all of a sudden, your number four guy is your number two. We saw that last year. There was a game. It was Robert Spillane, Marcus Allen, and Ulysses Gilbert III at our two linebacker spots. That was against the Browns. Game the Steelers, you know, Ben Roethlisberger's last game at home. Those were our linebackers. A good chunk of it. So that that's going to be the show for today. That's what we're looking at at the inside linebacker position. I want to thank everyone who uh, who listens to this show. I want to want to let you know training camp's coming up. We are not that far out from training camp, and it's going to be something that you can keep tabs on here at Behind the Steel Curtain in our podcasts at the website at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. We're going to cover all of this. We're going to be all over it. So the, the more exciting part of the season is coming. This this year it's at Latrobe. We're going to have some people that are there different times. Uh, we're going to be covering the people who are there and what they're saying about it. There's going to be a lot more information than we had last year. Make sure you're sticking with us here at Behind the Steel Curtain. Dot com and the Behind the Steel Curtain family of podcasts. I want to thank you again for listening. Have a great week, and as always, let's go Steelers.